welcome to the Epiphany Movement podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Drake Nelson and is a continuation of the series, Pillars. With uh, McGregor and Poyer, or Poyer, however you want to say it. And, and, you know, I went to, you say, Drake, did you, like, pay for the fight? Of course I did not pay for the fight. I went to Buffalo Wild Wings, and then I watched the fight there. And it was kind of interesting just being at Buffalo Wild Wings because uh, eventually the fight lasted. It's supposed to start at 9, it's like 11.30. And people had had uh, partaken in a couple of, uh, you know, so then they started fighting. And so we got to see like a live actual fight before the actual fight. So it was um, interesting to see that. But, you know, it reminded me back when, to when I was in high school. Um, I joined the, like the, it wasn't a fighting team. It was like the wrestling team. I know you can't see me as a wrestler. And I was awful at wrestling, by the way. Um, but here was my, this is the only move that I have right here. And I've already told you this. I don't know if you remember. But my only move in wrestling was like the mule punch. You just let them watch this. And they're like, oh, look at that. And you just whop them with the right hand. And that's the best you got. For me, wrestling was more about a track meet or cross country than it was about wrestling, actually. I would just run around the rain um, really fast away from them until they got dizzy and then they just fall down I'd be like yeah I win okay just tap on them but anyways it went me it took me back to like my coach my coach used to tell me Mr. Donnie it was the craziest thing he used to tell me at the end because I would always lose and so he would come and he would tell me this and never listen to your coaches because he would say this now Drake it's not just about sports it's about life in general, this will apply to you way later on in life. Well, let me tell everybody here today, no, it won't. No, it won't. Because I took that advice, and the first job that I got out of high school, I actually started working for a car dealership, and they would bring in these used cars, and it was my job. We had a client, we had multiple clients, but this one client would bring in all his new cars, and we would put them on the lot for two or three weeks to see if they would sell, and if they did, they'd take them and move them to somewhere else. Well, one day, we got this really nice car, and so I was, you know, supposed to clean it up and then put it and display it, but I was in Brookhaven, and I just took for a loop on the boulevard. And so I was driving, you know, da, 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 da. well, the client found out about it and he lost, he, he, he didn't do his business with us anymore. And now my boss is finding out and he is so mad. He's like, Dre, I can't believe you took the car for a spin. You're not supposed to do that. And then I went back to my old coaching young days to which I said, well, you win some and you lose some. But the important thing is I went out and I had fun. And it did not go over well. That was all a joke. I don't know. I try to crack a couple of jokes every day, keep you entertained. I wasn't on the wrestling team. Are you kidding me? Look at me. I mean, I'm wearing a suit this morning. No, absolutely not. Like, but, I mean, I'll try to make you laugh. Anyways, um, last week we talked about, um, does anybody know what we talked about last week? Anybody want to say I do know actually what we talked about last week? Anybody know what we talked about last week? No, absolutely not. No, okay. Well, I'll give you a hint. I'm standing close to what we talked about last week. 
Evangelism. Yes, absolutely. Good job. We talked about evangelism last week, and we came along three ideas around evangelism. Now, the first idea was this. Is that, and you complete the statement. I'm going to see if you're paying attention or if you know or if you can like, we'll, we'll see what we go. We'll just kind of review it as we go. Um, they say you have to hear stuff seven times before it's six. I'm just doing my best. All right. So, number one about evangelism, we learned that Paul not only walked in and observed the culture and the climate, but he was broken hearted. For the culture and the climate. And we learned that so should we be also, not only are we to walk, you know, just kind of walk in, but we are to observe the spiritual climate, spiritual culture. And then like the really question was like, when is the last time you've been broken hearted for somebody that was lost? When's the last time you've been broken hearted for somebody that was lost? Our second point is this. Hopefully it'll go better than the first. Or evangelism. I'm, 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 I'm hoping, okay? Number two, you have to be able to speak synagogue and speak marketplace. Who said that? Thank you so much, Miss Amy. I love you. Okay. Yes. Speak synagogue and speak marketplace. And then we came along the idea to say, like, speaking marketplace isn't like dropping the F-bomb and like, you know, like like that. It's really just about being able to what? You remember the word? It starts with an R. Um, we did a series about it. Um, about relate to people, right? It's about being able to relate to people and not, you know, um, it's about being able to relate. And then we came along this. Um, to speak marketplace, you actually have to be in the marketplace. Yes, good. You're good. Okay. Number three truth that we came around to, I don't know, point, whatever. Um, I was Baptist last Last, uh, yeah, I see. It. I was Baptist last week, and I did three-point topic on Paul. So here we go. Last, last one is this. Um, let me remember really quick. Okay, number three. Do not, when you get your opportunity, Paul did not, and we should not skimp out on the. We should never skimp out on the. The four books of the New Testament, the first, 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 four first books of the New Testament are called the Gospels. Yes, yeah, so never skip out on the Gospel. Yes, good job. And so what we like think about that is that, um, like at the end of the day, Mr. Sammy, um, we got to like take a chance for people not to like us, don't we? And we have to take a chance to say, hey, look, I believe in Jesus. And um, Jesus is the one that I believe in. And let me tell you about Jesus. And if they say, <laughs> we left Jesus like 30 years ago, bro. We're like, you know, we moved on. Well, then, then so power, you know, power to them. But, but, but we have to take a chance and not skim out on the gospel. Evangelism. What we talked about this week. This week, um, we're going to talk about something a little bit different. And I just want to go ahead and tell you that this week isn't going to be a fun sermon. Um, it's really not. It's not going to be a fun sermon whatsoever. You're like, where is he going with this? It's about like going to the doctor and going to get a checkup. Think about that. Going to the doctor, going to get a checkup. Nobody likes that, but you need it, right? You need it. You need to go to the doctor every now and then, get a checkup. I mean, nobody likes to get a um, uh, uh, 
colonoscopy, right? Nobody likes that. Nobody. Like, I'm so ready to go to the doctor. Nobody likes that. But what? You may need it. And the wives in the room are like looking at their husband and saying, I told you you need to go. And now the preacher mentioned it. You better go Monday. So if you go Monday and uh, you discover, you know, um, anything, just let us know. We'll pray for you. Anyways, the point is this. Is that this Wednesday, this Sunday, this morning may not be the funnest time, but we need it and it can be good for us. And we're going to talk about this morning, we're going to talk about worship. And you're thinking, okay, fellowship, discipleship, missions, evangelism, uh, what is that? Like, 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 it's upside down, I know. Uh, okay, here's the point. I didn't mean to do that, by the way. Uh, they were all upside down at one point, and Cat is amazing. Which ones did Cat do, by the way? Did she do the blue or the black? <laughs> well, nobody. <laughs> yeah, okay, she did the black. All right, I did the blue. Whatever, you know. But obviously, mine's upside down. You see that right there, and it's my fault. And, and so I was like, I had it upside down, and then I thought to myself, maybe this is like God trying to tell me. And this is probably not what happened, but I, I'm going to take it because I'm a preacher and I use allegories all the time, and this is what we do. Maybe it's God trying to tell me that a lot of times what we do is we flip worship upside down and we turn it around and get it backwards. And many times we make worship all about us when it's supposed to be all about God. And maybe many times we turn worship around make it all about me instead of all about him. And so today I want to draw a roadmap of where we're going to be going. And I wore a suit. I, I've said that three times because I'm so impressed. Um, today, it, I, this is really isn't a suit. It's not. It's like a slacks and a jacket. So I know that. But in my mind it's a suit because, you know, I'm normally like up here like looking like, you know, who to thunk. So here I am today. Point is this, is that... Um, Today is going to be about like thinking a lot. You're going to really have to think like through this sermon today. Really think. It's going. To, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be energetic. It's going to like really require you to think a lot about worship. And I hope that's okay. But here's we want to draw a roadmap to where we're going to go. We're going to go first to ask the question, "What is worship?" And then from there, we're going to pit stop and go to the question, "Well, what does worship look like?" And then from there, we're going to finish by asking the question, well, why do we worship? That's what this sermon's going to look like. What is worship? What should we do in worship? And then lastly, we're going to go, why do we worship? Very, um, you all have to think of this sermon. I'm excited. And let's pray, God. Thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for today. Please help me as I deliver this message, God. We love you and we thank you so much. Let me be your ambassador. Let me be, get me out of the way. God, please speak. In your name I pray, amen and amen. So what is worship? If I could go back, I have a black lab. His name is Ben, and I love him. He's amazing. He's a duck dog, though. I got him when I graduated from Mississippi College. He is an amazing duck dog. But if I could go back, Mr. Jason, I would change one thing. And you know what I would change? I would change this, is that when Ben was growing up, he was a still a really good dog, but here's what he would do. When I would shoot something or throw something, he would just go get it. And that's not a good thing. You don't want that in a dog dog. 
Because you you want to you want to say Ben go get it and that's when he goes you don't want to just throw it and then him like scoot off or shoot and he goes get it without you say that could be dangerous or maybe he's flying out there and another duck flies and he gets shot you don't want him to do that you want him to stay and you say Ben okay now go get it and he would break it's called breaking he would break all the time and so I had to teach him out of doing that so here's how I do it he would go and then I would be like he would, I would throw something or shoot something he would go get it and I'd be like Ben back 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 and I'd say back, like a whole, like a whole lot and really loud. And then he'd get the memo and he'd come right back. He'd sit on his little dog stand. I'd be like, okay, now I'll go get it. And that's how I broke it. But I wish I wouldn't have done it that way. I wish I wouldn't have done it that way. Because about a year later, when they started getting into better points of duck hunting, I would shoot a duck. And it would be really, really far, or throw something, it would be really, really far. And he would go about from me, like maybe to Mr. Sammy, or maybe to the end of that back wall, and then he would start sniffing. And I would say, Ben, back, back. And what would he do? He was just like, I'm like, no, like that way, that way, Ben, that way. And so you say, well, what did you say? Did you come up with a, like, did you, did you come up and start saying further, or more distance, or did you come up with another word? No, I'm not that smart, really. I just got, uh, here's, here's how I solved it. I got a shell, and I just chunked it behind him. I'm like, go get the shell. I wasted so much money throwing shells in the water to teach him to go back. I wish I'd have done that differently. I wish, if I could do one thing different with Ben, that's what it would be. And I say that to say this, is that over time, we can have an, an idea of what something means and what something is defined as and what it should be and our actions behind it over time. And then over time, it can change and become something else that at first really wasn't was. I think that can be what we have done. Not us, not y'all, but maybe as a church about worship. Let me tell you what I mean. Let's go to Isaiah 6. Let's go to Isaiah 6. I know that doesn't make much sense. But I'm going to show you what I mean. Isaiah 6. Isaiah 6, verse 1. I really am sweating. That um, piano really is on fire. Like, amazed back there. It's watching. Isaiah 6, verse 1, it says this. It was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on his lofty throne, and the chain of his robe filled the temple. In the year that King Uzziah died, let me back up a little bit. Okay, King Uzziah. King Uzziah was a good king in Israel. He was one of the good kings in Israel. Israel and Judah had, does anybody know how many kings Israel and Judah had? 39 kings between Israel and Judah, 20 for Israel, 19 for Judah, 39 kings in all. Does anybody know how many kings of those 39, it says they did good in the sight of the Lord? Anybody know? Not many. It's one more than five. Yes, yes. Six of those kings did good. Six out of 39. What, if you're running the percentage on that, I think that's roughly like 13, 12, 13 percent of the kings were actually good kings. Now, of those six kings that were good, how many were really good? And what I mean when I say really good, it says this. They did right in the sight of God and they tore down all of the Asher poles. Of those six, only two did that. 
So six were good, but only two were really good. And in this, now you have one good king, and his father was a good king, and he was king for a long time, Uzziah. And now he dies, and Israel is thinking, oh my goodness, who is about to take the throne next? Who is about to lead us in Israel next? And I say that to say, like, oh my goodness, like, I wish we could relate, right? Like, somebody going out of office, and then now somebody else is coming in and thinking, like, how's this going to be? Like, right? I, I wish we could kind of relate to that, but... There we go. And so here's what we have. We have Isaiah coming into the temple. In verse 2, you're saying, attending, this is verse 2, attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is full of his glory. And that's just to say, like, worship is a song. Worship is a song. But it's also more than a song. Verse 4, their voices shook the temple to its foundations. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations. It is, worship is a song. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. It is a song. And the entire building was filled with smoke. Verse 5 says, Then I said, It's all over. I am doomed. I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips. And I live among people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim, this big giant creature, I don't even know what it looked like, huge, it flies over to, to Isaiah. And it flew over to Isaiah with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of like tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, see this coal? Imagine just getting a piece of charcoal out of your grill when it's red hot. You'd be like, ah. You see this coal? Has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. And verse 8 says this, Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send? Who should I send? A messenger for his people? Who will go for us? And this is Isaiah's response. Do you know what he says? Do you know what Isaiah says? He says, Here I am, Lord. Send me. And my point is this is that I that, that worship is it, it worship is a a song, but it's more than that. It's a response to God. Worship is their response to God. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here's how I would define worship. Here's how I would define worship. Got to find it. Here's how I do it. Okay, um, worship is our response, both privately and corporately. So, you know, I hear people say, well, worship is like a really private thing for me. It's really a private thing for me. Yes, it is. It is a private thing. It is. But it's also a corporate thing. And so we can have one person over here doing the, um, you know, nod, like the like raising their hand, and then we can have another person over here in prayer. And so like, who is like who's worshiping more? Uh, like like okay, maybe both, maybe neither, maybe one, maybe the other. It's both personal. It is a personal thing 
and it's also a corporate thing. It says this, to God, a response to God for who He is and what He has done. And this is expressed, I'll let this off, it's expressed by the words that we say and the way that we live. The words that we say and the way that we live. Worship. 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 I would define that, I think, as, as worship. All right, number two. Number two. What does worship look like? What does worship look like? Okay, good. Um, but I brought this. What does worship look like? Um, somebody tell me what this is. So, a box, okay? And now what am I doing? Crushing it. Uh, yes, thank you. That makes me feel really good about, I'm, I need to buy it. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm, I am crushing it. That is true. I'm on my soapbox right now. So if you don't mind, um, I want to be on my soapbox for a second. And I just basically want to say this um, on the soapbox so I can, and that's okay. Um, I want to say this, um, that worship, like specifically the style of worship, it is generational. It's generational. Let me say, it's familiarity. And that's okay. And that's okay. And that's okay. Let me, let me, let me see you show a hand. I'll ask it like this. Um, who is a hymns person? If you're a hymns person, raise your hand. Hymns person. Raise them high so I can see. Hymns people. Hymns. Hey, I like hymns, okay? Yeah, good, good, good. Okay, hands down. Now raise them high, equally as high for this. Who is a Hillsong person? Anybody like Hillsong? I like Hillsong. Anybody like that? Yeah? Okay. Okay. Good. And many times we can get caught up over if we're going to sing the hymn or if we're going to sing Hillsong. Right? And it's all generation or familiarity. It's, this is this is what I know. This is what I know. I, I grew up with this. It's what I grew up with, and it's what I recognize. How I worship God, and please hear this. Hear my heart. That is not a bad thing. <laughs> that's not a bad thing at all. Like that is all I understand. Like that's okay. That's. But never lose this. Never lose this. The purpose of the hymn. Or the purpose of the hill song. Does anybody know what it is? The purpose of worship is to what? Is to point to God. And that's the purpose of it. So young people, young people in the room, please listen. Please listen. Please listen. Young people in the room, please listen. Right? Okay, listen. You can't, you can't be selfish. You cannot be selfish. And take on Hillsong at the expense of a hymn. Because we are church. Because we are church. And many people worship better, worship more, are more familiar. And I'm taking a stand here, I know. I got them on the soapbox, so it's okay that I take a stand. Maybe, I don't know. It's okay. But you cannot be um, selfish in the way that, hey, we're only going to sing Hillsong here. We're the, you want hymns? Oh, we're not doing hymns. No, like that's how, that's what people are familiar with. That's how they worship God, but that's okay. Now hear me, um, wiser people, also known as older people, right? Hear me, hear me. You can't be selfish. 
and think it's all about hymns. And some young people like, you know, hymns and some older people like Hillsong. That's not the point. The point is it's mostly generational. And that's okay. That's okay. I think it's always a good thing. I think it's always a good thing to look at your church and say, this is how we best can minister to our church. And this is how we blend some worship. And this is the point of worship is to point to God. Right? That is the, that is why we, like that's the reason. Um, let me ask this. Uh, let me ask this. Let me ask this. Uh, I'll point to somebody. Um, um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Mr. Matt. Mr. Matt, what's your favorite style of music? Rock. Okay. Good. All right. I like that. All right. Um, uh, Mr. Mr. Will, what's your favorite style of music? Country. Country. He's so Oh my God. Okay, please tell me this. Okay, your favorite musician is Sam Hunt, right? No, my goodness, this is real. Like we were so close to him now. Like, uh, uh, okay, country's okay. I don't, I don't dislike country, um, but Sam Hunt's like my favorite country musician. Okay, that's just uh, every Morgan Wallace. Do you like Morgan Wallace? I can't stand Morgan Wallace. You like no Jason Aldean? You know George Strait? Yeah, he's okay. Okay, um, Miss Linda K. Favorite kind of music. K-Love, you are such a good Christian. Okay, right here. This is, okay, well, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, let's see, I'll pick on somebody else. Mr. Donnie, we'll pick on you. I, I don't know, I'll, I'll just see you there. What's your favorite kind? Sinatra, okay, yes, and then country. We'll, we'll play for you on the countryside. I'm Sinatra side, you're good. Um, one more, one more. Um, Jeremy, what's your favorite type? I feel like I know, I don't know. Amy, what's your favorite, what's your favorite style? He was like, please pick on Jeremy. Favorite style? Country, oh my goodness, we're going to pray for all of y'all. Like, what's going on? Except for Miss Linda K, Miss Linda K, you're good. You, you pray for all of us. Um, my favorite, my favorite style of music. It's been good being your pastor. But I'm probably not going to be <laughs> after this talk. So, my favorite style of music is rap. It's generational. I like this, Amy. Yes, pay attention. Woo, let's go. Okay, yes. And like, I, you know, I'm not talking about the, um, yeah, the bad rap. I, you know, I, there's, there's good rap, and that's kind of like, cat. You can't see the poster. What y'all saying? Who's my favorite artist? NL. This is a dude by the name of NL. He's amazing. He doesn't like cursing any of the songs. Uh, talks about Jesus. I'm a love. I think the rap industry is the hardest industry one of to like be a Christian for. And here he is like making a way, plowing away. I respect that. Um, here's a poster. I brought a poster last week of who? You might remember. I never opened it. It was off Steph Curry. This week, this is more important to me than my Steph Curry poster. This is my most Prize, you think my most prized possession outside of you and the Bible, you know? I don't know. I, I love this thing. And not only is this stuff, uh, is it in a poster, um, watch, like, look at that. You see that signature right there? Bottom right. He signed it! <laughs> Somebody got me this thing. I was so happy. I was so, yes. I, like, you know, like, right, that's my favorite. In the country. Sinatra, Caleb, Rap, 
<clears throat> country <laughs> again. Um, rock. We all have our different styles. We all have our different preferences. Even in worship, we all have our different styles. And we all have our different preferences. Here's the point, though. The point is to never lose the foundation of why we worship. And that is to offer praise to God and to give Him our best. I'll end it like this. Ephesians 5.19 says this. Singing, singing psalms, singing hymns, and singing spiritual songs. All three. All three. And one of the most popular trending worship genres right now. Do you know what it is? It's psalms. that are literally just the psalms. And they play a little instrument. They just sing the song. That's all they do. Psalm 23, Psalm 55, Psalm 73. All by hand chain. One of the most popular things. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Ephesians 5, 19. Lastly this. Lastly this. And eight, I did um, crush my my um, dove soap soap box. I'm gonna start running every day. Six miles. Okay. Just kidding. Um. Lastly, why do we worship? Why do we worship? And here's what I would say. Why do we worship? I would say this. Number one is to remember. So, um, at Mississippi College, we had our worship. We called him Worship Thor. Um, he was he was a big worship. He said this. He said, Dr. Pa Dr. Page, you know Dr. Page? Yeah. He said this. He said 70%, do you know Dr. Page, by the way? Page Byrne? Byrne Page, I think. I don't know. Anyways, he said this. I miss Melanie. He's like, please don't call me. Like, anybody but me. I have my mask on, so I can't talk. I'm sorry. Um, here it is. He said this. People remember 70% of what they know about God through music. 70% of what people know about God through music. Isn't that crazy? 70%. I believe, in, I believe he's right. What, what you know about God. Robbie Zacharias, here's what he said. Actually, he coined it from somebody else. Um, anyway, he said this right here. Let me write the songs of a nation. I care not who writes its laws. Because songs influence. And I believe that's true. 70% of what you hear in song wise reflect the way you hear by God. Um, and also, I'll add to it like this. 90% um, of what I say, you will not remember tomorrow. 9%. That's, that's the going statistic. 9% of public speakers, they don't remember 9%. 10% they get. So I'm just like, thank you on the 10%. Please remember the 10%, right? It, 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 you have to hear something seven times to remember. That's the, I don't know if that's true or not. That's why I try to like, refresh of what I've said um, a couple of different times. Seven times you got to hear something to remember. Seven times. 9% of this you will not remember tomorrow. You're like probably 95, honestly, right? <laughs> okay. But songs, you can sing a song seven times, and it sticks, and it sticks, and it sticks, and you can remember a song. Why do you think they teach little kids, little kids like Miss Charlie, why do you think they teach little kids the ABCs in a song? You know, A, B, C, D. By the way, did anybody hear that they changed the alphabet song? That is so aggravating. They changed the alphabet song. Anybody teachers that knew that? They changed not A, B, C, E, D. Y'all want to look it up? So it's, 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 it's okay. I'm not going to be mad about it. It was all it was all about the LMNOP part. They thought LMNOP was one letter. LMNOP, I know that letter. So it's like, I, don't even, I can't even sing the new song. It's like L-M, 
I don't even know how they do it. They teach them a song. Why? Because you remember it more. You remember it more. Secondly, I got this. Secondly, why we worship is, 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 I'll give you this example. I'll give you this example. Um, three, two weeks ago, I gave a miracle that happened in my testimony. Does anybody remember that miracle? I'm just going to keep asking questions until somebody remember, says something. Yeah, um, January the 10th. What was the miracle? It was when I like walked down. Y'all remember this? And somebody like gave a testimony. You, don't, you might not think it was a miracle. It was a miracle for me. I'm like cramping one down. And they gave a testimony. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And then last week I said a miracle. You don't have to think it's a miracle. It's a miracle for me. Um, do you remember this miracle? That I, like, that, does anybody... YouTube, yes, yes, and that was cool, like, uh, it was crazy to me, and then, like, I don't know, it's at the golf course sermons, you have to be there. This week, I want to tell you about one more miracle, I have a point for all of this, I want to tell you one more miracle that happened in my life, um, you can think it's a miracle, you can not think it's a miracle, it was cool, I don't know, um, I don't know if it's miraculous or not, but it's amazing. Alright, we're sitting in a worship service, and I'm in the back, and in the worship service, sitting about maybe not really where you're sitting, Mr. Will, more like where Miss Sharon's sitting, second row, or like fourth row back, second person on the row. He gets up. He says, dude, he gets up. It's on a Sunday night revival. He gets up right there, and he starts crunching out push-ups. You remember the story from... He starts crunching out push-ups. I'm like... What is this dude doing? Like, what's going on? One, two, three, four, five. I'm like, you're jacked. But I mean, is this really the time to exercise? I don't know. And so he gets done pulling push-ups and gets right back in his aisle and just stands there. Now he's worshiping. I'm like, it's crazy thing here. About two weeks later, about two weeks later, Miss Crystal, some guy that we didn't even know walks down and says, hey, can I, can I have the mic? He, the pastor's like, Okay. He gets the mic and he says this. He said, you know, remember a couple of Sundays ago, a dude walked down and got in the aisle and in push-ups. Well, I had talked to my wife, and this is the dude on stage that asked for the mic now. I, my, my wife has been asking me to come to church for a long, long, long time. I've never come, but now... I, she was aggravating me so much that we had this revival. And she said, hey, you need to come to church. You need to come to church. I finally said, okay, woman, I'll come to church. But just know, I'm not accepting God. I just want you to know that. The only way I'll give it a listen is if somebody walks down the aisle and starts doing push-ups down the aisle. And so now he's like sitting here talking, you know, and telling his story. And he said, so did I believe it? No, I didn't believe it. I thought my wife had delayed something to the pastor. Like, hey, if you get him to do push-ups down the aisle, uh, that's, that, that, that'll, be, that'll be what's happening. So now he comes in after the worship service and looks at his wife and says, who did you tell? And the wife said, I didn't tell anybody. Like, I know, I know you told somebody. Did you tell the preacher? Did you tell, who's, who did you tell? And so... His wife's like, I know I genuinely did not tell anybody. Maybe it's just God trying to tell you you need to get right. And so he's like, okay, okay, I got you. He goes and talks to the preacher. This stuff. He goes and talks to the preacher. He's like, hey, man, did you, like, what happened? Preacher denies it, doesn't know anything. Then he finally mustered up the courage. He said, okay, I'm going to go talk to the dude that I saw doing the push-ups. And he goes and talks to the dude doing the push-ups. And here's what the dude said. He said, during the Friday night revival service, God was putting it on my heart to get out and do push-ups. And I did. I felt convicted Saturday. I said, okay, 
If he says, tells me again, I'm going to do it. Saturday, same conviction. Hey, I want you to get out in the aisle and I want you to do some push up. Do some push up, man. And the dude was like, people are going to think I'm strange if I do some push ups. They did. And now Sunday comes and he's like, God puts it on his heart again. Hey, walk out in the aisle, do some push ups. Do it. And the dude's like, okay, fine. I'll do it. Okay. And he said this to the man. He said, I thought people would think I was crazy and weird. And I thought that they would reject me if I came in the aisle and did push ups. And they did think I was weird. And a lot of people asked me why I did it. And that dude, talking to the push-up dude, says, Wow. And now, skip to the morning, a few weeks after, he's talking to the church. And he says, I just want you, everybody here to know that today I put my trust and my faith in Jesus Christ. And I believe in him. And I tell that story to say, don't you be too scared to be that push-up guy. Don't you be too scared to be that push-up woman. Don't you be too scared of what somebody else will think to go out on a line and do something. Because here's what I think. I think we will grow as a church, and when new people come through the door, when they see how we worship, how we greet them, how we welcome them, A, and then B, how we worship 